Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the What A Ball A podcast, I think episode 58 now, I cannot believe we've done 58 episodes of this podcast, and as usual, I am joined by uh, my partner in crime, my co-host, Mr Ant Watson, how are you doing? I'm good mate, I, yeah. um, I'm not keeping count so I'll take the word for that, it's 58, um, but I having a good week, you know, four, four games of football on a day, you know, what can possibly be, what could possibly go wrong, apart from I've had a few too many nil-nils I think, but uh, apart from that, yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, it's like Christmas has come early with four games a, a day. Not when, not when they're nil-nil, but yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's, some some of the games is like opening up a Christmas present and getting socks, <laughs> or you know, like it. it yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's been all right, I and mean, it's been a decent start, I would say. Right. I, I don't mind the socks. If I'm being honest, I like them. Um, but yeah, and Brazil's just scored a second there. I don't know who got it like, but um. Oh, that's uh, cool. And as um, and we're joined by a guest today, uh, making his return back to the podcast, we are joined by uh, one quarter of It's Only a Game podcast, uh, Mr. Jimmy Driver, Everton fan. How are you doing? You all right? I'm absolutely great. Um, I'm feeling quite wistful now because Richarlison has just scored an absolute worldie and I miss him. I absolutely miss him. What a hard player. Um, oh, yeah. I've, cool. I've got to change your baller contender already because that's just a hell of a goal. Um, but in all seriousness... Um, I'm all good, yeah. Like I say, watching the World Cup, you never quite know what you're going to get with this. You know, it's either a cracking game or a drop nil draw. But I mean, I think in this current economic climate, I'd, I'd quite welcome having socks because you know at least they'd have to put heat on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, 
But I think as well, with, with regards to nil-nil draws, every single World Cup, we all get ourselves psyched up. Oh, my God, it's the World Cup. Maybe not this one for obvious, other reasons that, you know, whether we go into this or not later is up to you guys. But um, the amount of crap nil-nil draws we get in the groups, stages of work, I remember 2010 just being, like, horrendous. So it's not unheard of. I think we were spoiled with the 2018 World Cup and the, the, the lunacy of the games there. Really, because I think there's been a few where I've been glad to be in work, to be honest. Um, that motion is your namely, it sounded awful on the radio, but yeah, otherwise, absolutely sound, all good, my end. Class, class, and just, just to break away, Gary, that is an absolutely fantastic goal. Like that was the second one, I've literally just seen it. Uh, ah, what a well. goal! It was brilliant. what a goal. I think we've um, already got a ball there of the uh, week, there, haven't in, we? I'm <laughs> You know I what it is? Mentioned. He won't be in many people's dream teams, right? And his international record's absolutely superb. That's just a fantastic... You don't see him scoring them for Spurs, do you? You know what I mean? But he's he's right down the middle. It's, it's a cracking that's a oh. goal, that. Really good goal. No, he's, he's so good. It's like, I know he's got a temperament. I know like he's he's got a reputation, rightly or wrongly, for being a bit of a narc, a bit of a cheat. But when you get him in a good mood, he's just unplayable. And literally, as you started recording, back going, my heart was just like, oh, I just <laughs> miss him so much. Yeah, we can't have nice things, can we? Especially when our crap we're doing. Like, but, uh, anyway, let's hear some of the World Cup, not the plates of our club sides. Um, compartmentalise that and Aye. just enjoy the World Cup. Aye, um, we can. We'll start with you as well, Jimmy, with the first game of the season. Uh, first game of the World Cup, sorry, not the season thinking about the Premier League already, um, <laughs> or the Championship. Um, so first game, Qatar Ecuador. Is someone think about the Premier League? That's ambitious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there one day. Sorry, lads. We'll be there one you day. You will, you'll be back. We'll uh, be back, we won't. Um, go ahead. Uh, Qatar Ecuador, 2-0. Um, Sunday, kick it off. Pretty much, uh, you know, a game for the ages, if I'm being not honest. Um, so what did you make of uh, the, the first game of the, you know, the World Cup campaign? It got the whole thing off to a bang, didn't it, really? Now, um, in all seriousness, I think Ecuador did play really well. I think we have to give another former Everton player, sorry, Anna Valencia, credit for not only suffering a bit of injury during the game, but just having the Qataris absolutely on toast, which is a bit worrying, really, for them, because I remember when we had Valencia on loan, he was not a lot going on with him. So, it's six years later, and he's now banging them at the World Cup and making them look completely amateur. is concerning for them, but I think genuinely, Ecuador look a really dangerous side. I mean, you don't quite have South American qualification. You know, only behind Brazil, Argentina and Uruguay if you're rubbish. You know, you finish ahead of the Peruvians, Chileans, Colombians. You know, you think, well, not fair. It's a hell of a difficult people don't appreciate how hard it is South American World Cup qualifying. So, fair play. So, I think they look really good. And they could have, they could have should have had more for me. You know, opening game of the, of the at least the season myself, but campaign... Don't take your foot off the gas, go, because goal difference can mean so much within a World Cup, well, it can mean so much anyway, but within a World Cup context, you could come down to, especially in that group where you don't know if it can be Senegal or Ecuador going through, in theory, you know, they should have just absolutely put them to the sword, but it wasn't a classic, um, and you can see why, from the Qatari perspective, one, why they haven't qualified for a World Cup until, you know, hosting it now, and then, <sighs> they they wouldn't be at this World Cup if they weren't hosting it. To be perfectly honest, I it, I know they basically treat like a club side. They suspended the Qatari Stars League. They'd have the players train in Marbella, I think, for a time, and you know, working on technical ability. And you can see there's some technique 
take there. But in terms of the actual fitness and what it takes to be at that elite level, which the World Cup is the absolute peak league level, they just, I mean, they could improve as wrong against Senegal tomorrow, don't get me wrong, but they just didn't look anything like hosts. They didn't have much about them at all, in my opinion. And I think Ecuador rightfully should have gone on and won four or five now. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I mean, I had a couple of goals disallowed. I mean, and um, you had a uh, interesting time with the Ecuador Qatar game, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I picked two for my dream team. Turned out they were they were both on the bench. Never mind. Um, it would have worked. It would have worked perfectly had had they played. Um, but you know, never mind. It was my own fault because I probably should have looked before. Uh, before the game kicked off, and I didn't. I didn't have time, and I was just driving home. I think I'd been, been to a women's football game or something. I was driving home, I was like, right, here we go. And um, the name of the team, I was like, ah, shit. No, never mind. It happens. Never mind. But I agree with Jimmy, actually, about pretty much everything he said there. I mean, Qatar just... They're not great. They're, they're, you know, they're going to lose to Senegal. They're going to lose quite heavily to the, to the Dutch... Um, and it's between Ecuador and Senegal, and and that game is actually going to be one of the. I think it's one of the big ones to watch out for. Um, in the for the rest of the group stages is Ecuador versus Senegal. I think it's going to be like one of those, you know, one game shootouts. Whoever wins that will go through. Um, to be honest, I, I'm watching the Senegal and Netherlands game, and obviously watching Ecuador. Obviously, it's complete two completely different oppositions, but I think Ecuador are probably favourites to go through in that group now. Yeah, and I was going to mention now. Obviously, the next group and get uh, the. Group next game in Group A was Senegal Netherlands two 0 Netherlands. Um, what was your thoughts on that game, and? Laboured, very laboured. I thought I thought the Dutch were they were all right without being without being brilliant, which is probably I think you can probably see that for a fair few teams. You know, obviously bar the Spanish and, and England. Um, you know, a few teams are just slowly making their way into this World Cup. But the, the important thing for the Dutch was that they managed to get the two goals at the end, didn't they? You know, I thought I thought De Jong was excellent for them, like. Um, I thought he had a very good game. Um, they yeah, eventually, you know, broke down the barriers and got you know them two goals. But I, th- I think that's probably them qualified now because I think they'll beat Qatar. Um, you know, even if the even if they get a draw tomorrow against Senegal, um, you kind of see two teams overturning that. So no one in that group. Obviously, England play um, the way well, either the way well, one of one of them four. And out of them four, I'd kind of say anyone troubling England, to be totally honest. So, you know, I think we might be all right second round. Uh, should be qualified, obviously. It's, it's not over yet, but, yeah. Yeah, what what did you make of uh, Netherlands, Senegal, Jimmy? Uh, it, the, the, the Dutch are a young side. Um, you can see there's not a lot of World Cup, well, obviously not a lot of World Cup experience because they, they missed out in 2018. Um, they've got a mixture of some really good young players, like some Gakpo, uh, Simmons, and, and, you know, various others coming through. And then you've got, like, the... The couple of keepers who, you know, are, are buried. There's one lad, is it Remco Passfield? He was on the bench, he made like, you know, one appearance to the Dutch. He's like 38 or something, and, and, you know, he's come from like nowhere. And I think the three keepers have made eight appearances for the Dutch generally, um, which is a mad start for a big side going to a World Cup to not have an experienced international level goalkeeper. But I, I, yeah, I think the Dutch will grow in the tournaments and. I would I would say I wouldn't want to face in the last sixteen because I think as they get on they'll find their feet more. I think they were offered a tough game against the Senegalese. You know you, you know what you're going to get with the Senegal and it's going to be physical. They're going to be quick. They're going to be dangerous. Um, they're probably going to want to play on the counter. 
and oh, Senegal missed. I know it's an obvious point, but they miss Mane so Man, much up front. Yeah. They offer so much. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've still got some cracking players in there. Um, but I just think the Dutch had a bit too much. Well, they did have a bit too much because they won it in the end, but um. Yeah, I just think it's a young side that will grow in the tournament and I fancy them to go quite far if they just if, if the draw falls right for them, which if they win the group, that's if they win the group, but, you know, they, they should um be all right in the last sixteen, depending on who they get. But from the Senegal perspective, I'd be gutted because that was a chance to take points off of be the group favourites going into two in theory easier games and what a statement that would have made. Especially after the injustice they suffered going out on the fair play rules in the last World Cup, you know, to Japan. So it's a tough one, really, to say, to see how Senegal, without their star man, you know, despite being AFCON champions, how they can, where the goals are going to come from. And they, they could go and smash a few past that, um, when they've got a Qatar tomorrow, which, you know, I suspect they will. But the Ecuador game, yeah, like Cam said, that's the big one at the end of the group stage, really, isn't it? Unless, of course, you know, as I feared for the Qatar Ecuador game, there's some like kind of shenanigans going with Qatar and they try and raise a bit of morale in the Qataris and try and get a few decisions and a few dodgy penalties, try and get them a result or two to try and make it not look as, as horrific. Um, bit of politics at play, which I think we all kind of worried about when that um, goal was just allowed three minutes for offside for the Ecuadorians. But for me, I see the Dutch going through, and I would have to say at this moment in time, Ecuador to follow through because I think the Senegalese threat up top isn't quite there yet but I could and have been proven very wrong in my predictions on this World Cup so far so don't listen to me I mean you know yes, thanks for having me on but don't listen to my, my points of view on this Fair. I mean I think you made a good point like, I mean I think Senegal Ecuador on paper you know it's going to be quite a good game um, coming down to, you know, the, the final group stage game. I, I do think there will be something there and I do think it'll be a good game for the neutral to watch. Um, I mean, we're kind of doing a watch along as well here with the Brazil game and I, that shot from Fred a couple of minutes ago, I'd, he's never had that in his locker at Man United, which was interesting just to uh, kind of cut away there. But um, just moving on now to, to, to Group B, the, the one o'clock fixture was, you know, England-Iran 6-2. Um, first form, we'll start with you on that one. Jimmy, what did you make of that one? This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I was annoyed. And you're thinking, how can you score six and be annoyed? Well, we can see that it's two. Mm. And there was the Iranians, they worked hard. And obviously, there's a lot of backdrops to the Iran situation with them not singing the anthem and the, the issues that are going on in that country. And, uh, you know, having listened to the build up, I entirely sympathise with the Iranian people. Um, and it's, it's brave the players to come out and not sing their anthem. And I'm sure their minds, you know, it's a World Cup, but that's going to have an impact on you. Um, but for us to have conceded two goals against a side that were offering very little, you again, it was like I said with the um, Ecuadorians, go for the jugular, go for goal difference. And yes, you know, you're thinking, what was it, 3 0 at half time? I are, you know, shut up shop. But when the fourth went in after half time, I thought, go and get five, six, seven, go and win this by, you know, doing what the Spanish did. Um, and that penalty at the end wasn't a penalty no, no at all. And I think I put out a tweet before the game as well. Um, I'm very concerned for Harry Maguire against Mediterranean. And lo and behold, we go 4 0 up. And what happens? Ball goes to the behind. Terrain completely does Maguire. Just run and scores. And it's like, well, anyone could have seen that coming because Maguire's been an absolute fridge, man, United at the back. So it's, it's, 
my, my, obviously, it's a, we were brilliant going forward. Um, no matter who you're playing, I think it's been shown in this World Cup that the Asian qualification section teams, the AFC teams, aren't as bad as we all assumed after the Qatar and Iran games because obviously the results were going to later. And I think they're a decent side. But Kiarosh is a very experienced manager. We know he's been at Real Madrid, he's been at Man United as well as an assistant. The no, the Iran and no mugs, so it's impressive to get the win. But, and it's both, you know, we need to shut up shop at the back because I do think the US and particularly the Welsh will want to get at that. You can just, you know, Keith Moore seems, for a lad born in England, seems well up for beating us and knocking us out the World Cup, it seems, for Wales. So, um, again, obviously, Christ, what am I about in the sense that we've had awful starts to World Cups. It's our best opening game to a World Cup we've had in our history. You know, so can't really complain. But as, as Southgate, I think Trippier came out and said, the interview said, we're gutted to concede two. And I think the spot's on. They will be working on that surely at training to say, right, OK, let's attack the way we've been doing and 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 have that youthful energy. But to just shut up at the back because we're not going to score six every game of this World Cup. We can't afford to be conceding two every game because we aren't going to go very far beyond the groups if we do that. Yeah, I mean, a, a striker of Taremi's quality... Um... You know, took advantage of that opportunity, and you know, like it was in fairness, it was it was a good goal. He split stones and Maguire, and you know, smashed it in the net. Um, I did see on one of the Sunderland fan forums as well that someone had uh, posted a comment saying we should um try and sign him, and I was just like, you do realize he plays for Portland Champions League. I was like, that is ridiculous. I saw that, but funny, you know, funny. Um, and what was your thoughts on it? Makes you laugh, Oh, definitely. What was your thoughts on? Um, yeah, I, I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed that we conceded them two goals, especially the first one. I mean, obviously you, you kind of really, they kind of really blame for the referee getting getting the penalty decision wrong. Um, so, you know, the sort of second goal you can kind of you know wipe off, I, I suppose. But yeah, I, I, you know, listen, I thought first half thought we were excellent. You know, like really, 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 really um, enthused to be honest after watching all um, nations league qualifiers and thinking that. You know, we're, we're not looking good. It obviously goes to, goes to show that how many teams take this Nations League seriously because that obviously we're being experimenting different things. But you know, having Harry Kane, you know, is like the the quarterback kind of striker that that he that he's used to with Spurs bringing in Sterling and Saka and you know scoring all types of goals. I, I was very very encouraged, very encouraged by our start. Tomorrow is going to be a different kettle against the Americans. Americans look good in the first half. Against the Welsh, thought they were very, very good. Um, yeah, we need to we need to tighten up at the back. Um, we need to keep on doing what we're doing. But I think it's been all in all after what we usually start off with, which is either a laboured one nil win or we or we draw or lose or something. It uh, it was quite yeah, it was it was alright. It was pleasing. I think out of all the teams I've seen so far, and this is including, I think the Brazilians have looked good tonight. The Spanish looked excellent, but we didn't know who they were playing. And England looked very good as well. So they're probably the three teams I would take away from the first round that look possibly like a like a finish, like a uh, like a winner, to be honest. Yeah, um I mean I, I agree. Um I think we played well. And you know the the positive coming from us as well was that we brought on more attacking players in, in the form of Forden and Grealish who had a contribution to the game as well, which was great to see because now Southgate has that headache as to who you'll play. I think you'll bring in Forden. I do think you'll start Ford, and I honestly, honestly think Ford. And tomorrow, tomorrow, I think you'll start. Nah, it'll be it'll be unchanged. He's pretty much confirmed it. Like, he's pretty much confirmed that's going to be unchanged. I could, I could see Ford coming in for Man. Mm. Like, 
I think Ford no play in the World Cup. Don't get us wrong, but I don't uh, like literally today. Southgate's kind of said because Kane's been past fit today. Southgate's pretty much said it's going to be unchanged. So I think Ford will don't get us wrong in the last. The see, see if we get as far as the quarters. Um, last sixteen when we're playing, you know, a better sides. I think they'll change formation and go number five. Um, and that's when Ford will come in, but I, I don't think he'll come in tomorrow. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Foden has the, the skill set uh, to lead us to a World Cup, in all honesty. The way he's playing, playing this season, I really do. I just think he needs his, he needs a starting game. Um, we'll move on. I'll stick with you, Ant, on this one. USA-Wales, what was your thoughts on that game? Yeah, like, like I said before, the, it, it was it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? According to the famous phrase. Um, not the Americans' first half could have been more than 1-0 up. And if they got the second goal, they would have killed the Welsh. Um, a lot of the Welsh were poor and then in the second half they make that change bring Keith and Moore on mm-hmm. and to be fair to Keith and Moore he's, he's an old fashioned kind of striker where he, he wins a lot of headers he, he puts himself about Real, uh, the, the US did not know how to deal with him and then you, you could slowly sense that the Welsh were going to score um, it had to be had to be Gareth Bale didn't it you know lovely penalty very well taken penalty um, Am I, am I worried about these two sides? I'd be more worried about the Americans and the Welsh, to be totally honest with you. I don't think, I don't think we've got that much to worry about. I, I see this, you know, and then obviously the Welsh will go and beat us next week. But <laughs> I would be more worried about the USA tomorrow. I think the USA is a harder game than the Welsh. Now with the, them two sides, I'm expecting the US to join us in the game. Uh, yeah, you know, fair play to Wales. The, the, the four back, four back very well. Well done to Gareth Bale for getting his goal. Um, but I just don't think they've got that added extra. Um, and all the, the rest of the sides, I mean, they'll, they'll beat well, I can imagine they'll beat around tomorrow, but all we've got to do really is just double up on Keith Moore to play Keith Moore. And I think I, I, there's no one else that really scares us in that side. Yeah. No, Keith Moore can be a very physical player. He's really good in the air, but at the same time, he is done for a lot of fouls because of his physicality. But he, he is going to cause an issue for us. And, you know, I think Bale will turn up. Bale always seems to bail him out. No pun intended. Um, but, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how that, that goes next week. Um, it will be, you know, a very interesting game. I mean, what was your thoughts on USA-Wales, Jimmy? I, again, game was too hard. off the, the, the tired and tried and tested use, uh, use cliche, of course. But the US came out the traps quick. Um Maybe a little too quick. Again, a bit like the Dutch were, but not like the Dutch, but in the sense that we're at the last World Cup, it's a young squad, um, inexperienced, you could argue somewhat naive. I mean, there's a lot of expectation in the States that this squad's going to do well. Mm-hmm. You've got the likes of Pulisic, McKenney, um, and various others, obviously, Gio Reyna, amongst others, you know, in the squad that are that are fantastic players that are playing at an you know, insanely high level across Europe. Again, I think if they come out like that tomorrow against us, I, which I expect them to do so, let them for 20 minutes, let them have their, like, let them tire themselves out for 20 minutes or for half an hour, pick them on the break early on and then come after and swarm them would be my way of taking on the US tomorrow again. And that's why I'm sat in my bedroom chatting about this with you, you know, in the grace of you guys, I'm not going to self-gaze because we'll see... Um, how he approaches that with with obviously the same you know as it reports the same side, but I think the Welsh dug in. I think they were lucky to be just the one down at half time. I hope any Welsh listeners don't have a go at me for that. Um, but the second half, they they could have turned it right round. I mean, they were they deserved at least the points. And it would be as we know, Gareth Bale 
who gets them out of it. It will be Gareth Bale against their first World Cup goal for 64 years because he embodies a lot, if not everything, of what this Welsh team's about. They dig in, they, they score late goals. I mean, granted, they concede a lot of late goals as well, it seems, in the Nations League and in friendlies and qualifiers, but he scores late goals. He gets, he makes a nuisance of himself, but he's always a threat, no matter what he... Uh, I actually thought Bale had quite a vision. But once the penalty was given and he scored it, his game lifted, and that lifted the entire Welsh side. Obviously, Moore was the one who made the difference in terms of coming on at half-time, as we've established. But, I, yeah, I, I do think, though, there's if Wales can get that win tomorrow against the Rams, we suspect they will, but then you don't know. I, I think they could overtake the US in coming through the group it obviously does depend a lot rests on the game against us but that game against us um, is going to be like an FA Cup tie it's going to be like you know the, the big Premier League side against the, the lower end Championship League one club but you know a bit of a bit of local rivalry all that kind of stuff and you just don't know how to call it because the emotions will be running high and the cup, there's going to be so much riding on that game that it, I, you know doesn't bear thinking about it at the moment we've still got the US to play and I'd but yeah, I think it was it was I'd say it was an entertaining game. I'll give you that. I'll give you that much. It was, you know, compared to some of the games in this tournament, it was a very entertaining game, and I thought both sides looked a threat um, in different ways in either half. So there's there's plenty for us to think about in the two games going ahead from both sides. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, like I, I felt again, like you both said, uh, definitely game two halves. I thought you know what US USA and Wales definitely took the chances as well. Um, I'm surprised USA didn't start Aronson. I'm pretty sure who came on. Um, I thought he could have added some, you know, creativity early on. Um, which is a bit strange. I think he probably will start against us tomorrow. Um, I think that's what they need. They need some creativity to try and attack us. But um, we'll, we'll see how we get on tomorrow. Uh, score predictions: England, USA. Start with you, Jimmy. Oh, I'm gonna go for score predictions on my Twitter. And for the you know, first round of games, I've not got one single scoreline right. <laughs> so, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I wouldn't usually predict England to win a game in the majors tournament because I think that's opening you up for like abuse. Mm-hmm. But I think the US will go ahead and we'll win it 2 1. I can see them coming out the traps early, get an early goal because our defence is suspect, but I can see us just having enough to beat them. It will be, it won't be like the Iran game. It's going to be a massive challenge. And the US, of course, they always want to, they haven't lost to us at a World Cup yet, ever. And obviously it's US England. They're going to want to raise their game because it's, you know, the old colonial empire, even though it was like going over in But yeah, I think 2-1 England, but it's not going to be easy. And? Um, I'm just double checking what I went for in my predictor. Um, and I have gone for uh, with this because I've gone completely the wrong way. I went on results. Um, where are we tomorrow? So I went 3 0 England, so I'm gonna say 3 0 England. Impressive. Um, I want to say... give US a goal, actually. We'll give US a goal. There we go. We'll go 3 1. Yeah, I want to say 2 1. Um, I have a weird feeling. This is me being impartial when I say this. Um, I have a feeling it might be 1-1. Obviously, in my head, I want us to win. But I have a weird feeling it could potentially be 1-1. And then, you know, a lot more rides on the wheels game. Just, I don't know why. I just, I think that. Hopefully, I'm wrong. 
this is one of these times where I do want to be wrong. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. But um, we'll move on to the next group, which had a, a bit of a shock. Um, we had Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Obviously, Saudi beat Argentina 2-1. No one ever expected that. Now, Mexico, Poland, which was a bit of a drab draw. Um, Jimmy, thoughts on, on Group C's opening game? Sorry, I've said Group B, I meant Group C. Well, well I'll, I'll openly admit I didn't watch Mexico, Poland. Um, not through choice, I wanted to, but I was just busy. Um, although Lewandowski still hasn't scored in a World Cup, which I find remarkable. Because it's not like he hasn't qualified. I've got the Saudis Poland. next door, Jimmy. He'll score against the Saudis. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, 100%. Are you sure? 100%. All right. I mean, he may well do. He may well do. Um, but I think, obviously, the bigger story, obviously, Mexico-Poland is, you know, the nil-nil draw kind of leaves the group wide open in that sense. Because it was always, we thought at the start, she knows two for second place and it answers no questions. Um, well, the game that really answers no questions is the Saudi Arabia game. It's the big, it, for me, it's the biggest story of the World Cup. Now, again, it, call it the cynic in me. I was listening to it on the radio and work, and I, I heard obviously three goals ruled out for Argentina, and then you know for upside and that, and then they come back and the Saudis win, and I was like, hmm. Part of me was a little bit hmm. But actually, watch it yeah, genuinely, and you shouldn't think like that. But you're thinking everything around this World Cup. Are they trying to give you know the Asian countries or certain countries a bit of a leg up to to, to garner more interest in the tournament? But to be fair, watching it back, I mean, Saudi Arabia dug in towards the end, but they deserved it. They Argentina turned up, and I think even by their own admission, haven't done their homework on Saudi Arabia. They came in. It's a bit arrogant thinking they're gonna beat this 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 you know nation that doesn't really get out of the groups much. I think it got out the group, they got out the group once in 1994 with Saudi Arabia, but they don't tend to make many waves. They lost the you know the opening game of the World Cup last time 5-0 to the Russians. So it says a lot about them. A lot of their play all their players play in the Saudi Pro League, and you just think they the Argentinians turn up and you're thinking they've got this they're picking all the wrong players. For me, in some cases, like they got the guy, the Sevilla fellow in midfield, who's like 33-odd. I can't remember his name. Now, Paco Gomez. And you're thinking, there's surely younger players can play on the wing to get the Saudi team. And, and it's a very weird one. They've got all the talents in the world. They just don't necessarily use it the right way. And fair play, Saudi Arabia. They, they deserved it. And that back-winning goal, as, as we've all established, is, well, before tonight was probably the goal of the tournament so far, but actually Richarlison second. I think that's now they pushed down to second. Um but now, um, that, that blows the group wide open. For me, Argentina are at real risk of doing what they did in 2002 and going out in the groups. They, they Not just because they've lost to Saudi, but I don't think Mexico and Poland are going to be giving them any goals. Mm. So, I, I, yeah, we could genuinely see the Saudis win this group because you, they're a bit of an unknown quantity with the, the, you know, with the league they play in and no one really knows much about it. That is an absolutely massive shout, Jimmy. Got to be honest with you. Um, and obviously last week when we did our predictor pod, um, I said Argentina, pretty much what Jimmy said in all honesty, that I got all the quality in the world, but it's an aging team. Don't really know what to do, what to do with it. I said they'd finish second. Um, I didn't expect them to get beat off Saudi Arabia, quite honestly. Um, I don't think anyone actually did. And if anyone did, they probably won a lot of money. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts on, you know, Mexico, Poland and, and Argentina, Saudi Arabia? I mean, it, it's 
strange to think that they the could either go out or they might just scrape through, really. I think the Saudis did deserve it, but if they play that high defensive line against Mexico and Poland, they're going to get picked off. And they should have been, it should have been out of sight in the first half. So obviously, you know, Argentina have got ahead early on, but have also had a goal disallowed um, in the first 10 minutes or something. And then, you know, Messi's put the penalty away. And what I think's happened is that I, I agree with what Jimmy said about, I think they've just took the foot off the gas. And then when when you you know you see you see it all the time in football when when teams do that and they and they, they go in the first gear and then all of a sudden the opposition score a goal and they try it tries to you know it, it eventually you know you want to think oh it's charging into life there and it's hard to get that kind of you know that kind of um, player back back up and running it's hard to get up to third and fourth game and then Saudis went and scored again which again it's a fantastic goal. Um, I mean, Argentina has got Mexico next. That is absolutely massive because Mexico will want to beat Argentina. And Mexico will be looking at that thing and they're not all that other bar Messi um, and possibly Di Maria. Uh, uh, apart from that, I mean, I thought I thought a lot of the Argentinian, Argentinian players were very, very poor. You know, the midfield too lost that battle. So if you're thinking, you're thinking if you're Mexico and you're Poland and you win that midfield battle, you're more than likely going to win the game. I would agree with that. Um, I, I quite like Mexico. You know, I think they're, they're good. They're very good on the break. And I think one player that they're definitely going to have to look out for, Argentina and Saudi Arabia, is going to be Herbig Lozano. I think Lozano is going to be a potential dream team pick when they go up against Saudi. Because I think, given what you've said there about the defensive line playing far too high, a player of Lozano's pace and ability is going to capitalise on that. And that's just literally one of the players that Mexico could bring into the fray to really capitalise. It's what's making us think that Lewandowski will score uh, yeah. against the Saudis. Just that that line. If they if you're giving, you know, fair, fair enough, they've got away with it against Argentina. But you know, Argentina has a Martinez up front who's not the quickest, and certainly isn't one of the best finishers in world football. If you give if you give that line and, and they get it wrong against Poland, Lewandowski's going to have a field day, and that that's just what made us think he will get he will get a goal eventually. Um, you know he, he should have one already. You know he should have that penalty was awful. It was a good save. Don't don't get us wrong by a throw, but it's a poor penalty, and you could tell just looking at him that the nerves. I think the nerves have just got on there, and it happens. But I, I just kind of say the Saudis getting that lucky again in the next two games. Um, not I don't want to take anything away from. From their performance, that deserve it against Argentina, and I, I hope they enjoyed themselves. Um, I just don't think they'll beat Mexico, and I don't think they'll beat Poland either. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting one to watch. I mean, we'll move on to the next group, Group D, and I'll stick with you and then come come to you on this one, Jimmy. Um, we'll start with Denmark Tunisia, nil nil. I was a little bit disappointed by that game. Um, I thought it was quite boring. Um, and then obviously France, Australia took the lead, and then France came out swinging. Thoughts? Draw a line under Denmark and Tunisia because it, it wasn't a good game. Uh, Denmark, I mean, everyone's dark horses to win, aren't they? But you need a striker, and that's that's going to be their issue. That, that I can't see them getting. I mean, they got France next. If France beat them and Denmark, and, and there's a winner out of Australia and Tunisia, then you know Denmark are staring down the barrel straight away, aren't they? And you've got to have a striker. I mean, Forsgaard's not doing it for them, um, and there's no one who's going to get them a lot of goals. Great to see Christian Eriksen back. Um, you know, at the world's at the world scene, you know, after after what happened with the Euros. And I thought he had a very good game, to be honest. Um the French game, oh, I thought France were as soon as I mean, it, the, the problem was Australia scored too early. 
Um, had Australia left that at maybe the 60, 70th minute and it was still nil-nil, you might have seen them, you know, maybe come away with it, but they just dangled the beast to poke the bed, didn't they? And I thought, I thought Kylian Mbappe was fantastic. Um, thought he had an absolutely marvellous game. Um, and fair play for um, Olivier Giroud because he's, he's a lot of people's, you know, kind of fall guys in that French side. And obviously Benzema got injured. So it, it, he kind of got thrust in. It was, it was great to see him get a couple of goals at the World Cup. You know, I'm really, really chuffed for him. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there, um, obviously Mbappe did have a fantastic game, but a player who I don't think maybe got as much praise as maybe he deserved, besides obviously Olivier Giroud, was Dembele. Like, Dembele has not been fit for it for quite a while, you know. Um, he hasn't really had much opportunity at Barcelona due to injuries, and I thought Dembele, you know, he, he played well. Like, to me, he looks like a potential dream team pick, you know, for people who, you know, have got the dream teams. Um, going forward, you know, you, I think you got a couple of assists, so definitely an interesting one um, for <clears throat> for your potential dream team and maybe going forward if he keeps fit. I mean, Jimmy, what was your thoughts on them games? Oh, Denmark, just you let me down. Denmark, I mean, on our part about a year and a half ago, I tipped Denmark to win the World Cup because I was being out there and thought kind of edgy and then everyone else kind of got on the bandwagon. So they've gone from dark horses to sort of pale horses if you will um because people just now and then it was just like oh i was listening to it thinking i'll oh, go on just pushing his year away and then like you say and no strikers that's the the problem is we've looked at all the other names and gone and gone bloody hell it's a good squad and ericsson back and all that and you actually yeah you actually need to score goals to win the world cup or you can get out the group and that is a concern for the danes i think they've got enough to go through i think they will East Australia, which I'll go yeah. on to them in a bit. Um, I think Tunisia are a solid side. I think they're another underrated team, a team that no one knows you know much about. Um, but they're always they always appear in these World Cups. They seem to you know randomly spawn in these World Cups. You know, no one knows much about them, but they, they they always put on a decent performance and 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 really do themselves credit but as for the France Australia game I think like you say Australia scored too soon I think it all changed when I can never remember which one went off was it Teo Hernandez went off injured and his brother came on I can never remember uh, which around Lucas, them Lucas and then Teo came on yeah that's right apologies um, that kind of changed the game for me it, it, just the French then kind of it all just twigged up we need to actually go out and put these away again it, it has it stank a bit of Argentina Saudi at first where a relatively unknown group of players coming to play a big boy and then it was like hang on you know we don't want this to happen and get to us especially with the world cup curse and all that and their quality shone through and yes you were unbelievable to have i think leveled thierry Henry's french goals grand record for a player who you know gets a lot of slack a lot of criticism you know to have played for arsenal chelsea milan to become your country's joint top goal scorer and most likely become the outright top goal scorer for the french national side so have won the World Cup, you know, he's not bad, is he? Let's be fair. Um, and just the French options, the depth in the squad is unbelievable, still even with the players they've got out. And I think now I, you know, was trying to be clever and tip Denmark's top the group over the French because purely because Denmark have had France's number in the Nations League and in friendlies and whatnot over the last couple of years. But I can't see any way now where the French don't get, get nine points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the way they've played... They've, they've, you know, they've come out in in a very, yeah, in a very undeshops way. Have come out and actually attack teams rather than being like, you know, a bit, bit negative and a bit sort of attritional. They've actually come out and played free, free flying football. They're, they're Mbappe's now firing, and then 
that was the problem. He had the Euros, that he wasn't quite on it for whatever reason. Um, I think they're going to sweep the group and then they couldn't face an Argentina in the last 16 despite winning the group, which would be a bit tasty. Rather like it also like in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think France looked brilliant. Um, I think... A a big thing for those which not many people will see coming is you know the Hernandez brothers. If if they play both of them, Lucas and Teo, um, I think they can cause a lot of problems at wing back. Um, they're missing Benzema, you know, the missing Nkuku and the missing Pogba. They're still big players, but they still look a very very good side. And, and you know, and Kante, and Kante, yeah, Kante is out as well. You know, um, they're missing big players and they still look an elite side. I think they've definitely got ability to go all the way. Um, and speaking of all the way, um, I'll move on to Group E, and I'm going to start with you on this one, Ant, because this one was quite an interesting one on our predictor pod last week. Germany, Japan, um, Spain, Costa Rica. So firstly, Germany, Japan. Um, I said I think Germany can go all the way. You said there was something about Japan. Oh, sorry. No, uh, um, you said there was something about Japan um, where they wouldn't be taken lightly. Um, you were proven right. Two one win. Um, obviously Spain and Costa Rica. That was a seven nil drubbing. Thoughts, Ant? I mean, it was a good prediction. Um, the ability in Japan. Um, yeah, just very quickly, just touching on the French. Um, you'll not see Lucas Hernandez and Teo play together because um, Lucas is out for the rest of the World Cup. He's done his knee. I had a um, like. quite badly. So you know, fair, you know, best wishes to him. You know, you don't want to say that, do you? You know what I mean? It looked, it, it looked straight away. You know, when he went down, it, you, you kind of knew it was a bad one. But uh, moving on, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Japanese were superb. But the first half, though. I was kind of thinking they, they haven't showed up yet. You know, please go and attack. Please go and attack. But it turned out to be an absolute masterclass um, of of management of, of like game management. I mean, he, he brings on you know players were pierced with about six minutes to go against a tyrant German side who've got tired legs, who've got old legs at the back, um, and. They had to weather a storm in the second half from the Germans. You know, the goalkeeper made, you know, three or four good saves. But as soon as Japan got the first goal, you knew what was going to happen. Because, um, you know, Hansi Flick brought brought his best players off. You know, he brought um, the goal scorer off, Lady Gundogan, brought Gundogan off, who I thought was playing well. Um, you know, Masala as well, I thought he was playing really well. He, brought, he brings them both off and then, you know... He didn't know what to do, did he? Once he went to one more, he thought, oh, I'll bring, um, you know, bring Fulkrug on, who, you know, win a few balls, which he can. But then he also had another big striker alongside. It, it just, it, they, this shit went all wrong. He, he knew the Japanese were just going to go on and, and win the game, and fair play to them. Um, yeah, I said last week, I thought, I, I do think they'll qualify, I do think they'll get out the, the group, um, just because I think they're, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll don't stop running, and especially in. You know this climate where you know I mean yesterday's game was was one of the early games, wasn't it? So you know it's still the weather's still you know quite hot and humid, and even though you've got you know air conditioned you know jets coming into the in, <laughs> into the ground, it's still going to take its toll. Um, so I you know I can say I mean and and again we're talking about great goals. I thought Asano's goal for Japan was fantastic. Um, Spain we don't really know what what we get from that game because Costa Rica after the, after the third goal give up the down tills. Um, you know, it was great for us, Gary, to see, you know, obviously Jibbers and Bennett play, but, you know, I think I think they they I think they would they they probably want that game back and they're probably gonna be the whipping boys of that group. But yeah, Spain looked good, didn't they? I mean, like, you know, without playing a, a centre forward, 
Um, you know, Ferran Torres getting a couple of good goals. You know, G- Gavi I thought was excellent. Um, very, very good. Um, but looks the player of the tournament so far, I think, bar, bar tonight, where Richarlison's kind of took over. Um, but it was nice to see him to score. Nice to see Maratta get a goal as well. Like like Giroud, he's pretty much, you know, one of those, you know, where people call him a donkey and everything like that. But he's goal scoring record stands up for itself. Um, so it'd be interesting to see Spain when they play the, the good sides. You know, to see, you know, how, because it's a very young team, how they stand up against, you know, some experience. Um, but you, you, can't, you can't deny a 7-0 win, can you? You know what I mean? And that could have been, easily could have been 10 or 11. Um, you know, Costa Rica, like I say, hopefully they'll go out with a bit of pride. They're not going to they're not gonna get out of the group, are they? You know what I mean? But um, it's, it'd be, it, I think Spain's a side that I think everyone will be looking forward to see again. So that, that that's just good for them. And, you know, I, I'm in Germany now, absolutely, you know, backs against the wall. Now they have got to win these two games to get out the group. Absolutely, totally up against it. Um, two totally different um, ways of play from, you know, the two two big hitting teams. I mean, Enrique got it all right and Hansi Flick got it all wrong. I mean, we talked about this yesterday. Um, Raum f- was really high up on the left, whereas you had Sula playing right back who really shouldn't have been playing there, who was playing very, very deep as a right-back with Schlotterbeck, who literally was all over the place. Um, shouldn't have brought off Gundogan. Gundogan was their best player, I thought, in the first half. Um, I was quite surprised that, that they brought him off. And, you know, I think Flick got it all wrong and he's got to take responsibility for that. I mean, Jimmy, what was your thoughts on, you know, the Germany-Japan game, which was, was a shocker and obviously Spain absolutely destroyed Costa Rica? I love this Japan side. They're such good fun. Um, not least because they tr- they clean the dressing room after they win, which is always nice right? to see. Yeah. That's class, and the fans as well. I think, but just just generally, they've got so much energy. They've got some absolute quality, including at the back. And we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that a lot of these Japanese players now are playing in top leagues. Uh, it's no coincidence that the two goal scorers are playing in German football. You mm-hmm. know, Doan and Asano. Um, you know, so they will know the German players and how they play really, really well because they play against most of them week in, week out in the Bundesliga. Um, and I, again, in my pre-tournament predictions, I thought, oh, yes, playing Germany should make it through. But Japan, I always looked at Japan and thought they will take points. Whether they get through or don't, you know, I still don't know. But, well, they all they need to do now is beat Costa Rica in the next game, which looks likely, and then they'll be through. And it means one of Spain or Germany, well, most likely Germany are going. Um, so the Japanese just look, look fantastic and they play without fear. And whereas Saudi were kind of hanging on towards the end of Argentina, the Japanese could have, could have gone and got a third against the Germans. They looked comfortable. Mm-hmm. I thought, you, and it was, it wasn't as you know, we were in the office, and everyone was like getting all shocked. Oh, the Germans have lost one. I was like, well, do you know what? The Japanese side a largely European based players, not that that should matter, but. They've got that now. They've got that big game, you know, elite level um, experience. So I, I think they're brilliant. I really do. Ask the Germans. Oh, if you if you pick Dortmund defenders, you're going to defend like Dortmund. And anyone with half the Bundesliga knowledge will know you don't want to defend like Borussia flipping Dortmund because, <laughs> oh man. That, they're so frustrating. They've got so much ability. They've got so much about them as German side. And it's weird because you look at Spain and go, they've got seven goals, where's the attackers? 
And you look at the German side, like so Fulkrug, Havertz, and so on, all attacking players. And you go in, you know, perfectly good players and go, hang on, but where are the goals coming from? You know, Fulkrug's been scoring loads for Werder Bremen. I think he's the highest goal scoring German, you know, in the league. Mustiala has been fantastic as a creative player. Havertz, very creative, not got a great goal scoring record. It's it's there, but then it just didn't click at all yesterday. And you can't say it was down to lack of preparation or any arrogance like the like the Argentinians, potentially. It was a case of they were just outplayed. And like you say, the defence was just... Oh. Shocking. You know, Sula and Raul, I mean, individually very good players, but they're just... They're not, they're not the German defense. They're not Philip Lamar. Let's put it that way, are they? No, you absolutely know? not. They're, they're, and that's that's the thing. You've got to be an all-round good side. To, to, you can't just get by on vibes in a World Cup. You, you know, you can win a game or you know whatever. Maybe get get out the group at best. But I, I do fear for this German team. It's a bit stagnant, and 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 yet they've got some good young talent going through. Musiala is unbelievable. You've got the lad um, Koku. I know it's like Dortmund's defence, but attacking-wise, they, 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 they always seem to get a few goals. He's a good young player who I tend to break up player of a tournament. He's better going to get a kick. I'd start him. Mm. You know, because he's, 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 he's a young lad. He's going to be fearless. And just get him in a, get him, get the ball to him and he'll do stuff. But I, I do have concerns the Germans now. It's looking bleak, especially with the Spanish winning 7-0. Um, oh, how much can we take away from that result? Spain look really good, but we knew they would be. They they play in a very Spanish way. Gavi, Pedri, all that. Obviously, Morata getting a goal, like you say, was fantastic. Um, as for Costa Rica, I swear it's the same squad that knocked us out in 2014. <laughs> There's not many differences. <laughs> Half of the lad is Sunderland, Bennett. Is it Bennett? Uh, yeah. They've still got... I mean, Kelly Gavis is still talking, but they've still got Brian Oviedo. I thought he'd retired from football. He's only yeah, thirty-two as well. You know. I saw, of... I saw him get done by. I can't remember who it was now for the for the for one of the goals. And I thought, I swear he's tired. They still got what's his like Brian Ruiz, yeah, ex-Fulham player. I'm like in the nicest way. Don't get me wrong, very talented players on their day, but they're, they're about ten years past their prime. Off his Costa Rica side. Did you see the and... stat, Jimmy? That the, that the youngest player ever to play for Costa Rica and the oldest player ever to play for Costa Rica both played in the same game yesterday. That's outstanding. <laughs> Did you all see Costa Rica had an XG of zero? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't often I don't often read into XG stats, but that one I think you can take as fairly definitive. Um I mean, like I say, the Costa Ricans are outplayed. I don't see him getting a point. I barely see him. I mean, I'll probably go and win two games now. But <laughs> I just they, I don't think they, just, they, they got they got there by finishing fourth in CONCACAF, which as much as I respect the North American region. You know, you come forth behind Canada, US and Mexico. It's not the strongest region. Then they beat New Zealand in a playoff, which, again, the greatest respect to New Zealand. They've got Chris Wood. That's about it. You know, they, they've not they've not beaten anyone of any note, really, to get there. And they've come up in a tough group with three very good sides that have all got potential to get to the latter stages. They've come... They basically, Costa Rica have ended up in a group of death again, but eight years later than they should have been. With the same players, bar one. <laughs> with, with the exact same players, bar one or two. Yeah. Um, you, you can't, you can't, they can't do what they did in 2014 all over again, which, again, I think Costa Rica's record of the World Cup, take out that one that one in Brazil, their record of the World Cup is absolutely crap. You know, and I think the shadow of the pressure of 2014 is 
is lingering over these players and that, oh, well, you knocked out Italy, Italy Uruguay and, and England. Why can't you do it with Spain, Germany and Japan? Well, because they're all old as fuck now. So, I mean, sorry. But, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to swear. But I just, yeah, I, I just, if you were to ask me to name the 32 nations of the World Cup, I think Costa Rica would be the one that I'd forget. <laughs> Which is really sad because they've got some, like I said, they've got a lot of Sunderland, you know, who, you know, he's a cracking, cracking young player, but, Oh, I, I do feel for them. I, I, it's 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 looking scary already for them. It is, and uh, just to um, make you laugh as well, Jimmy. Me and Ant have actually ordered Costa Rica chips and shirts. Sam? Yeah, I mean to be fair, like we're still in China. You're, <laughs> yeah, we're still in the Suez Canal somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I might come, I might come when the next World Cup's due due to start. So yeah, well, never know. It's like. Costa Rica will be out by the time we come. We could have got a decent discount because they'll be out by then. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, if you're if you're your club player, it's sound, isn't it? It's not like you're ordered like Brian Ruiz or even Brian Oviedo shirts. I can't, I can't even think of else to place for Costa Rica these days, but I should know because they've been there for that long. But nah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to up the stadium like with those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll move on as well. I mean, speaking of old players, um, going into the next group, we've got Group F. So we've got uh, Morocco, Croatia, really drab draw. Um, and then we've got Belgium, Canada. Um, Canada have the oldest player in the World Cup, Atiba Hutchinson, their captain, 39 years old, playing, um, which was an interesting one. But we had this discussion about Canada uh, last week, and I said they might surprise a few people. I'm going to be honest, I thought they were better than Belgium. I think Belgium got lucky, and I think Kevin De Bruyne even came out and said that, because he won player of the match, and he was like, I don't really think I was player Never of the match. Never in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah got, shocking. He got, <laughs> he got sick, I think it was like 68 or 69% oh, pass completion, which I don't entirely attribute that to De Bruyne, I attribute that as much to the absolute turgid team that was around him, considering he gets the high 80s for City. But it goes to show that you need the players around De Bruyne. Not that De Bruyne had, De Bruyne's obviously world-class, but when he's playing with players on the downward end of the hill, shall we say, that he's not going to be able to influence the game in the way that he does for his club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what, um, was, your, what was your thoughts on Group F, Jimmy? And then we'll move on around but, for it. Uh, I mean, quick cheeky plug. Um, we, just, we had a former Canadian international on our last episode, Ian Hume. Only of Tramley and Leicester. Um, so if you want to go and listen to that with the Tony again, we talk about the Canadian national side and the journey they've had from when Ian Hume played in the 2000s, when they weren't practically nowhere on the world stage, you know. And he played with, and he's good mates with Atiba Hutchinson, he's grew up with him. So that shows sort of, you know, in the greatest respect, the fellow who's been retired a few years, he's played alongside Atiba Hutchinson, he's still going. And he was the only player in the Canada squad who was actually alive when Canada last played at a World Cup in 1986. Um, I I tipped Croatia and Canada to get up this group because I I can't stand this Belgian generation anymore. They remind me of England when they had the quote unquote golden generation that all the talent and ability and players and individuals, but as a squad they just don't click. And they were remarkably lucky not only to win the game but to get a clean sheet. And it should have been the other way around the score. And I think the Can- the Canadians played the game as well as they could have, apart from missing the penalty. You know, they couldn't have done much more other than score, the Canadians, I thought. They played it in pace, got down the wings, got at the ageing Belgian players. The Belgians looked like they were in a tree, to be perfectly honest, most of the game, you know. And I, I, it annoys me when you see games like that because you want to see a bit of an up. You want to see another upset. You want to see the young, fresh team go and do it against the tired old team that we've kind of known and, and 
been waiting for years for this Belgian side to come good. And don't get me wrong, they've had semi-finals and that, and they've been they've beaten England twice the last World Cup. They've had they've had some wonderful results, but they've never quite reached the heights that they should have done under Roberto Martinez in terms of winning a major tournament. And I just it just annoyed me that result, to be perfectly honest, because I just thought how harsh on Canada to have lost that game. And yeah, I just I, I still think I mean, Belgium, Croatia, I just imagine that's going to be like, you know, that episode of The Simpsons where they're just like knocking it around triangles around midfield. <laughs> and it's just the most, that's how I imagine Belgium, Croatia is going to be because in years gone by, that would have been a cracking group stage game. Now it's just going to be like geriatrics, just, you know, just knocking it around and it's going to be so dull. I mean, you know, because Croatia, Tunisia was a game that happened. Um that's all I can say about that, really. There's not a lot more. Oh, Modric being the first player to play in three separate Euros and World Cups within three different decades is a good achievement, but that's the all I can take away from that game. Yeah. Uh, but Canada played the way they did, and they will... It's, the story's not over for Canada yet, but I think they will really... They'll break their goal-scoring duck in the World Cup, and they'll surprise a few more in the next two games. Yeah... I agree with that. Um, there's something about the Canada team which I like. I mean, and like obviously we discussed this last week, and I think I obviously got a few raised eyebrows when I said, obviously, I think Canada, you know, might surprise a few people. I mean, granted, they did surprise Belgium. I don't think Belgium ever saw that coming. I mean, um, Morocco um, against Croatia was a, a very drab game. Modric, I don't really think was at his best. I thought the best opportunity that came in that game was Hakimi, um, where he smashed it, and it was a great save by uh, Levakovic. Um, but you know, going out of, out of that group, I think you know the biggest biggest praise was going to be for the Canada team. I mean, it was a good game to watch as well. I mean, what was your thoughts on that? If if you're watching the Morocco Croatia game and you're a Canadian management player or fan, you're thinking we'll, we'll get these two because that was just a horrendous game. You knew that was going to finish nil nil after the first ten minutes, uh, when you know Morocco had a couple of chances, but. Croatia were absolutely they were, they were terrible, and and the problem is, it's it's probably the same. I think we went back, you know, it's probably the same with the Argentinians. It's probably the same with the Uruguay team we played the day where a lot of these players are, are getting a little bit, you know, long in the tooth. Um, you know, Luka Modric is a fantastic footballer, but he needs, I think he needs a little bit. I need some younger blood to come in and help him out, you know, and instead of relying on the likes of you know, you know, Perisic and all that. And I was half expecting Mandzukic to still be in the squad, to be honest. Um, you know, they just they need they need some youth in there. Whereas the Canadians, the only worry I've got with Canada is they'll never get another chance again to to, to cause that shock. You know, and they should have. They should have. Should have been out of sight by half time. The, the penalty. The penalties. It's a bad. It's a bad penalty. Um. You know. It. it, it you just blast that. Do what Ronaldo did. It did. Do what Bale did. Just blast it. If the keeper saves it, and then you're putting all your effort in, it's a good save, fair enough. But then ones where you're trying to trick the keeper, it. it can, if if it ends up like that, and you 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 it makes yourself just look stupid, to be honest. But they even missed a couple of good chances. At the end of the first half, and obviously, you know, Belgium have gone away with their one good chance. And to be fair to Mitty Batchwai, you know, another another striker who is much maligned, he took that brilliantly. Great goal. Um, but I'm, I'm still in absolute disbelief that De Bruyne got man of the match. <laughs> I've never seen him play as bad in my life. And um, But Belgium, they've they've played their get-out-of-jail-free card um, and they've won. Um, so they'll get out of the group, I would imagine. But... Um, 
again, it's one of those sides you're looking at thinking that there's nothing much about this 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 team, you know. And I think the golden generation of being, you know, you know the Belgian super force is is pretty much over. You know, if they can get Lukaku back and Lukaku hits the ground running, that's fair enough. But it's the midfield that you're looking at, like the likes of Axel Witzel and and and, and players like that who just look just a little bit jaded now. Um, I don't I don't think it helps that a lot of these players have come in off and they're in the middle of, of what is, you know, quite a, a long season, you know, and they didn't get that much of a break, you know, this year, you know, because it was a shorter, uh, shorter break, wasn't it, this year? So I think a lot of these players are looking a little bit jaded, but fair play to Canada, you know. You said last week that they would surprise teams. They surprised me yesterday. I thought they were absolutely superb. Yeah, I'd love to see him go through the group stages. I'm still confident that they can do it. Um, it was a... I'm oh, sorry, lads. I just interject a second. Sorry, I, I'm aware I did say uh, Croatia, Tunisia meant Croatia, Morocco, which just shows how little that game registered um, but, but Denmark, Tunisia and Croatia, Morocco kind of blended into the same game because yeah. it was just North Africa team drawing nil-nil with a fairly average performing European side. Um, it kind of, And I was in work for both, so it kind of blended into one just big, big nil-nil draw. Um, and yeah, just on the Belgians, they've still got the Tongan and Alderweireld at the back. Um, I think that all says it all you need to know, really, about their defence, is that they are about the combined age of like 87 or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so they need some fresh blood in there, really. I, I would agree with that. They need to give Faiz and uh, Debast a chance maybe at the back and just see how that works because they're younger. Um, we'll move on Uh, you know, the... Group H, which was today, we had Uruguay, South Korea, and we had Portugal, Ghana, three two. Um, quite a good game actually to watch, and you know could have ended three three if uh, Diego Diego Costa uh, wasn't stupid. Um, obviously great defending from Ruben Diaz and Cole. Um, in regards to stopping a potential third goal going in, I mean Jimmy, we'll start with you on uh on Group H. Um, I mean what were your thoughts again? Uruguay, South Korea, nil nil today. Quite a quite a dull game apart from Valverde Valverde hitting the bar twice. Ah, uh, Uruguay, Uruguay, I want them so much, and I, I feel dirty for saying it, I want them so much to do well, and I want them to be nasty as anything, and just the S-housery of them, because when you've got Nunez, Suarez, Cavani, up there, you just want to see a bit of that, and they offer something a bit different, and uh, I mean, I think wrong, I like the South Korean side as well, I think they've got, you know, all the Kims at the back, and obviously Southern Kim Min up top, I think they're a really good side. Um, but Val Valverde is different gravy. I think he's one of the best players in position on the planet at the moment, and that's what you know. What I think we'll see Uruguay through this group, but waiting just for them to do something different, and it just it never came. And like I think I'm pointed out, there's you know a few players in the Uruguayan side now that are long in the tooth, um, but a bit you know a bit older. Still got Diego Godin at the back, which again thought he'd retired. Um, so. Oh, they again another side that you just frustrate me. We'll both do because again, it's it's group pages are weird. One in that all four sides looked at it at the start of the tournament. I thought every single one of those sides could realistically top that group, and it's not many groups like that. It's a very World Cup group, you know. When you look at the fixtures, and I know there's still two games left for both for both for all the nations, but ah, uh, I just expected so much more from that Uruguay South Korea game from both sides, but in particular Uruguay, and then. Portugal, I mean, what a week it's been for. We can't really avoid talking about him, can we? You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, the first man 
scoring five separate World Cups. I mean, wherever your opinion of him is as a player, obviously I think most people will have their opinion and will share the same opinion of his treatment to Man United and the way he's gone about what's happened. And he's kind of got what he's asked for ultimately with that. That's, you know, that's a separate issue. But you've got to commend any player who's got the staying power and the ability to, albeit with a penalty today, to have, to have achieved five, you know, separate World Cups to score in. The Ghanaians, though, like, I, I like them. I like them. I was surprised we didn't see more from Tarek Lanty, who I really rate at the back, uh, uh, you know, sort of right back or right wing back, making marauding runs. Um, but I think they're still, even though they lost today, it was an entertaining second half, Portugal Ghana. And uh, I think the fellow, I've forgotten the fellow's name, not the end, the Ghanaian who scored that last minute goal and did the Ronaldo celebration <laughs> was <laughs> one, iconic, but also two, a bit daft because yeah. you're still losing. You're 3 2 down, lad. Stop celebrating. You see how much they had on time for goal celebrations in this game. Just get back and try and get, you know, there's like 10 minutes going to be added on if you score a goal. So go back <laughs> and get a third. But um, yeah, I, I think that's going to be Portugal now should get through the group. I actually thought Portugal would struggle. I thought there'd be too many internal issues. It wasn't a very happy sounds bit to start. But I had Uruguay and Garmin to go through, but I think that result today. I think Porsche will get through and then it's, it's it's anyone's guess as to who goes through with them, but I still maintain Uruguay will just have enough to sneak out two very, very turgid victories, possibly against, well, maybe not against Portugal, sorry, but against the Ghanaians potentially, which will be a hell of an occasion as far as the Ghana. I, I can't wait for that personally because it's just going to be, I hope it's everything that we want it to be. I think it'll be an interesting game. I do think it'll be an interesting game. I think Ghana looked all right, you know, against Portugal. Um, and you mentioned there about internal issues. I mean, when we did this uh, podcast last week, I, I said exactly the same thing, if I'm being honest with you, Jimmy. I feel like there's going to be an issue where Ronaldo and Fernandez are going to clash and there's going to be something that's uh, potentially going to happen there. I mean, well, well, obviously time will tell. We've got about another week of group games, so we'll, we'll see how they get on. I do think... Um, based on today's performance, the probabilities will go through. Although last week I said I could see them going out. Um, just I, I felt there wasn't much in the Uruguay career game. Uruguay career game game. So we'll see how they go on. I mean, what was your thoughts on Group H, and? Um, the Uruguay game was, you know, again just one of those ones where you, you knew it was going to finish nil nil quite early on. Um, I, I kind of see Uruguay getting anywhere. With Suarez, because he's not the player he was, they bring Cavani on for him, and you're like, no, come on, there's got to be a young striker, you know what I mean? But and and then and then the other striker, Darwin Nunez, he's either brilliant or shocking, isn't he? He's got no middle, uh, he's got no middle ground. You know, I, I agree with what you said about Valverde. I thought he was, I thought he was excellent today. I thought the actual, I thought the Uruguay defence, even though that they've got a combined age of about 173, I thought they were excellent. I, all, all three of them played like a defensive three, didn't they? Um, but I thought Gordon was probably the best player. Um, the the Portuguese they'll qualify, yeah, but Ghana should have should, Ghana should have got something today. Again, it's it's one of these missed chances, isn't it? Where you know they've they've, they've equalised, and then I think the manager's brought he's brought Ayu off, um, Andre Ayu. And um, the guy who set him up, and I can't remember his name, just escapes us, but he was their best player. And then they brought him off, and within three minutes, they were 3-1 down. Um, you know, two two nice goals, don't get us wrong, you know, and, and two goals from the future of Portugal, you know. Um, you know, really nice finishes. Though Bruno Fernandes, when he got to play with a little bit more freedom, I thought he was excellent in the second half. Um, but, 
again, looking at the group, you're thinking, is there a winner coming from that group? Probably not. Um, I'd like to see Ghana get out as well. I thought they, they put on a really, really good show. Indeed, you'd rather see them who were going to go for it and play football than, you know, two two teams who went and played for the draw today. And yeah, it is what it is. But we'll, we'll see. I think time will tell with that one. But that that's one of the groups where you're looking at thinking it could be any one of the four still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, and moving on to the very last group, Group G, um, and we'll stick with you and then come to you, Jimmy, on that one. Um, Switzerland, Cameroon today, Switzerland uh, 1-0. had a feeling that uh, Breland Bormore was going to pop up with a goal from last week's pod where um, Dan was quite complimentary of his abilities. So I had a feeling that was going to happen. And obviously we've just kind of done a little bit of a watch along with the Brazil Serbia game where Rickarlison's popped in too and probably is the goal of the tournament so far. I mean, um, obviously the thoughts on the Brazil game, we've just watched it really. And then uh, obviously Switzerland-Cameroon. Yeah, I, I, can see, I can see Brazil getting through with nine points. I think the you know the handbrake got released in in that second half once once Richarlison scored once they got the goal once they got the breakthrough you, you saw them you know at their best you know I like Neymar in that midfield to be honest the centre midfield guy I quite like the wee pulls the strings and obviously they've got pace uh, with, with Rafinha and, and, and Vinny Jr Richarlison's goal record just speaks for itself you know we've, we've gone over it but I think the other game was probably the most predictable scoreline of, of, of the opening week that the Swiss were going to win 1-0 you know two decent sides playing each other but the Swiss have just got they, they've got this tendency to win the first games 1-0 like famously like it was 2012 wasn't it when they beat Spain uh, 1-0 Spain won another win tournament like but you know they beat Spain 1-0 and they're very very efficient the Swiss um, I can see I think it'll be them two will get out of the group um, but yeah you know I think Looking at Brazil tonight, they are the side to beat because that Serbia aren't a hard, to, aren't an easy team. You know, they're, they're very much in your face, and you could you could feel that the Brazilians were getting a little bit agitated early on, but once they got that breakthrough, they yeah, I think I think they're going to be the team to watch out for. Um, I think the favourites for a reason, and they justified that today. Do you agree with that, Jimmy? Oh, absolutely. I think Brazil, I think one of those pre-tournament favourites, including myself. Bit of a dull choice because obviously they've won it five times before, but you can't argue. Certainly with the forward players they've got and the, the wingers they've got, if they're all firing, which they, they look to be tonight. Um, even though Neymar didn't score, he got involved and he was bringing other players into the game and that. I, I think Brazil have actually beaten the, the, the biggest challenge in their group tonight. I personally think Serbia, I had them down as going through. Um, I I think Serbia offered a bit, but I think the Brazilian side, even though you've still got Marquinhos and Thiago Silva at the back, again, we talk about combined ages of 174. That's <laughs> going up every time, by the way. But I, again, with their quality and with the legs in midfield that they've got, they don't need to be ultra you know, mobile, and especially when you're dealing with tonight, Vlajevic and um, Mitrovic, who are big lads, you know, physical, but not necessarily the quickest. So I think it could suit them tonight. Ah, yeah, I, I, it's going to take something special to stop this Brazil side at the moment. I mean, we're based on one game, but I think generally they're, 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 it's all coming at just the right time. And you can have, you know, as we've seen with international sides before, where you can have all the talent in the world, it doesn't, you just don't peak at the right time. You know, I mean, one of the case in point of that was what Belgium, the golden generation. I think this Brazil side is is just peaking at the right time, really. And I, yeah, I think they've shown tonight, and I think they will get nine points. I don't see anything that 
Switzerland or Cameroon will offer that, that will, will challenge what they've done. Um, and for me, you know, Switzerland v Cameroon at 10 o'clock in the morning is peak group stage World Cup material. <laughs> I think you, you, it's, it was like, it was like I even put it up with the gif of Barney Gumble, just took it directly into my veins because you would not consider this any other time. But because it's a World Cup, you will watch this, even though you've, you know, got it on in the background at work or something. Um, and Switzerland winning 1 0, like we say, opening game of the tournament for them. Uh, absolutely. It was a typical Swiss performance. I mean, I know I said about tipping Serbia to go through, but the Swiss are one of those where they seem to get through group stages and just spawn in the knockout rounds of every major tournament. And no one's ever quite sure how they got there. They just appear um, <laughs> and just get to the last 16 of these tournaments. You're like, hey, oh, how did you get here? All right, okay. Um, but I, I think they were, they were decent, the Swiss. They've obviously got some quality. They've obviously got quality to, to have won and to be where they are today. Bolo, you know, Shakiri, you know, he's in the MLS now, but, you know, they've been obviously like Sajaka and that midfield. Um, and I was pointing with Cameroon. I thought we'd see more. They've got some good attacking players. They've got like the Brentford and Buemo. You know, Chupamoting, who I know he was got one of those weird, you know, I think the only Venn diagram he can ever fit in is garbage at Stoke, but amazing at Bayern Munich. I mean, look at I mean, many players that have, maybe Jason and Shaqiri on the other side, but aside from that, I can't think of many players that fall into the middle of that Venn diagram. Um, I just... I expected more because I don't know if it's because I look at Cameroon and you think about the 1990 where they beat Argentina, where you look at the players and go, oh, there's just something, there's something about Cameroon at a World Cup where you just think they're going to do something. But no, I think I think for them, I think they're the, the weakest one in the group. And I can see them now having lost to Switzerland. I think they'll lose all three games, I think, sadly. Um, there's a bit of a, you know, Samuel Leto will be proven wrong. Um after tipping Cameroon to win the World Cup and expecting them to make at least the final, well, sorry, you know, I know you're the president of the Cameroonian FA, but I think that's a bit too much pressure for a side that is in a solid group against the favourites and then two very difficult sides in Serbia-Switzerland. I think the Serbia-Switzerland game, I'm not sure where it falls in the group stage, but I think that could be the, the, the playoff for second place in that group. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, I think we all kind of have said Brazil's, it's probably Brazil's time. I mean, you look at the amount of attack and prowess and the team, um, it, it's to be expected. I mean, granted, Spain played brilliantly against Costa Rica, but we'll see what they're like over against, you know, another challenge. But um, that's that's pretty much it, fellas. We went through all the groups. So, Jimmy, um, I'm going to ask you five very fast questions, and I want you to give us an answer. It's going to be your choice of player. If you were doing a five-a-side team, all right, and it's going to be World Cup edition, and you can get in in on this as well, all right. Oh, um, right, starting. So it's going to be goalkeeper, Ooh, defender, yeah, right. midfielder, midfielder, forward, all right. So I'm going to name five oh, players, God. and you have to pick who is going to be your player, all right. Oh, it's multiple choice, so that's better. I don't have to think too much then. That's yeah, fine. that's fine. I'm, I'm glad that. I was, I was trying to rack a brain trying to think of goalkeepers, and I'm like, well, you know, well, I don't know. I only know Pickford. Exactly. Uh, no. I'm a bit biased if I pick him, like, so. Yeah, so I'm going to pick the players, and you have to tell me which one of these players you would have as your goalkeeper. So I'll start with you, Jimmy. Alisson or Edison? I think Alisson. And? Um, I like I, like, I really like Edison, so I'll, I'll go Edison. Interesting. So for defender, I'm going to give you Thiago Silva and Diego Godin. Silva. And? Godin. Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. So for midfield, um, we're going to go with, let's have a think, uh, Gundogan 
or Gavi? Is that what you're Gavi. doing? Gavi and? Yeah, Gavi now is the future, isn't he? Gavi, Gavi, fair enough. And we're going to go for another midfielder. Um, we're going to go with Jude Bellingham or Jamal Musiala. Jimmy? Oh, Bellingham just because he can cover box to box more. And? Bellingham. Bellingham, fair enough. But I love Musiala though as well, <laughs> must be said. Fair enough. And for forward... Not like that. <laughs> we're going to go kind of a false nine type. So for striker, we're going to go with Ferran Torres and... Uh... Let me think, let me think, let me think. I'm struggling here with this one. Was that the Gary Neville? <laughs> yeah, that's the... Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go Ferran Torres or we'll go Rafael Leao. Rafael Leal. Leal, and? Yeah, same. Leal, interesting. Oh, I love him, he's brilliant for Milan. Yeah, I totally, I was going to put him in my dream today as well, I totally forgot to do it, because he has been absolutely class. Um, And, and lastly, we'll move on to, you know, baller and ball ache. Jimmy, we'll, we'll start with you for your baller. Uh, it's got to be an obvious one, sadly. It's got to be Mr. Salem Al-Dalsari. I hope I've said his name right. For the, maybe not the best goal of the World Cup so far. I think Gavi or Richarlison might take that for their goals, but for the certainly most iconic, memorable goal that we'll be speaking about for years, um, regardless of what Saudi Arabia do, and if Argentina even going to win the tournament, we'll still be talking about that goal in that moment for many, many years to come. Fair enough. Fair enough. And? Um, this is going to pee you off, but it's Jack Grealish. You know, um, here for doing that celebration, which I thought was min, but then obviously for that telephone call to the to the lad, um, I just thought it was just nice, just nice, heartwarming. You know, it's what the World Cup's all about, isn't it? So I'll go for Jack Grealish. Uh, you say yeah. that that might piss me off, but actually that was my baller as well. To be fair, um, <laughs> obviously I put it on out on our Instagram. I thought I was, you know, I've always said that Jack Grealish is a good humanitarian. I don't necessarily rate him as a player. Um, but I think he's a, a good person. You hear stories about him paying for everyone's petrol at the petrol station and stuff like that. Um, so that was going to be my baller as well, and I'm not going to lie, I don't have a second option. Probably he's going to go for Ricarlison's volley just before, so I'll, I'll do that. Um, Jimmy, what about your baller? Uh, your ball ache, sorry. Belgium. Belgium. Just Belgium. <laughs> just fucking Belgium. They won. As well, just ah, uh, just pick some new players and play interesting football. Be meant to be good. Just ah, uh, <laughs> I think the fact as well that it was a good Canada side, and I've got a soft spot for Canada. I've always had a soft spot for Canada. To be fair, I don't know why. A bit weird, but yeah, just that. It was been that or the Costa Ricans, just because they haven't picked anyone new since about twenty twelve. So. But I'm gonna to have to go Belgium. They just, it just, it, uh, the, the fact they won annoyed me more than the fact they were terrible. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean the Belgium team. It's an Asian team. I, we didn't expect me to do much. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I get that. What about yourself, Ant? Your ball ache, and uh, I have a feeling it's probably gonna be the same, per, like same thing as me. To be honest. Well, apart apart from I kind of picked myself for picking the wrong two Ecuadorian players. <laughs> apart that, um. It's got to, it's going to be the Iranian goalkeeper Baron Van de Blessen. Um, you know he's big big moment. Well, obviously he's been at World Cup before, but you know it's, it, you know you, you you work your four years. You know you you get into a major tournament. You last four minutes. But his to be fair though, at least 
his injury was it was a really you know good injury to have. You know he flees out, smacks himself into his defender, breaks half of his face, tries to play on, goes back down again. I mean, I mean the medical side, medical side of that of, of the Iranians need shooting to be honest because that was awful. You know, I mean there was no way he could have played on. But you know your family's probably in the stands. You know they're really excited to go and see your last four minutes, and then and then just to kind of add you know insult injury, your team gets beat six two. Yeah, I mean, it's not who I was going to go for. I'm, I'm going to go for Infantino. I just think that speech was just very, very bizarre. Like, he must have took something before doing that, to be quite honest, and I'm pretty sure it's illegal in Qatar anyway. Um, but I will say that we didn't feel gay when they wouldn't let the uh, European sides do the rainbow bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, very, very strange. I mean, obviously, there must have been a lot of pressure on FIFA from the Qatari authorities. I mean, we'll never obviously know... You know what's happened with that, but FIFA has kind of at the same time made themselves look very, very bad. If I'm being honest, yeah, it I wouldn't stop me. And I know this is probably a, a a story for another time and a conversation for another time. But it wouldn't shock me if a, a breakaway gets uh, mentioned after this tournament. Mm. That you know another well, another football talk about it. Yeah, I, I, it wouldn't shock us at all, Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I know um, we've kept the, I've kept the ball late to a football related one, but I think if you're looking as an overall ball late at the tournaments, I think it has to be just all the plus, all the politicising around it. Um, you can't escape it. Obviously, we tried to focus on the football tonight for, for many reasons. Um, I think the whole farce about, and not that, you know, look, if a country doesn't like doesn't want you to drink alcohol around the stadiums, that's fine. We have that in this country. But to, to, to renege on that two days before the tournament was a joke. To have all the issues over the risk beyond bans and LGBT rights and just everything around it has been an absolute. I mean, the, the accommodation you've seen some people staying in for many hundreds of pounds a night to stay in like fight festival, fire festival type conditions, it's been awful. And I think as well, the complete disregard for concussion protocols at this tournament seems to, I don't know where that's come from, but it's, yeah, there's been a lot of non football related things, if you will, that have, have been a massive ball like at this tournament. but I think after you know the first round of games, we've we've not forgotten it, and it's not going anywhere. But we, it's been placated somewhat by some some good games, some awful games, granted. But um, yeah, there's not a lot more we can do right now. Um, but this has to be kept up. This political activism against whatever the hell is going on with FIFA because it is embarrassing. I totally agree with you. And I- think that's probably the best way to, to end on this uh, podcast as well jimmy so um thanks so much for jumping on Um, do greatly appreciate it and and uh, all of our listeners be sure to check out it's only a game podcast um you can literally find this podcast anywhere you'll find uh, it's only a game on all of your socials twitter instagram facebook like to say the podcast's out there on every platform um jimmy thanks so much for jumping on today do appreciate it all right no worries. Thank you both for having me on. I appreciate you uh, having me on for the first week of the World Cup. It's been a privilege to be chosen and to uh, talk all things World Cup with you, lads. Oh, definitely, definitely have you back, Jimmy, as well, one hundred percent. And and as usual, um, my co-host, um, great to have you on again. Um, as every other week, every week we do. Um, so thanks so much again for jumping on. And obviously next week we're going to be joined by uh, Mr. TikTok Sensation, Mr. Luke Bennett, Mr. Get Out. That should be an interesting one to talk about, uh, Wolves. So um, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks for listening. Um, when this podcast goes out on Friday morning. Um, thanks again. Good night.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.